Hello, and welcome back again to Maturing the Bride. We are going into our seventh lecture of book number one. In this one, we're going to find a formula for ruling and reigning, or another way of saying it is a formula for building your resume. And it's four simple words that I hope blow you away. But again, I want to remind you, first and foremost, men and women, this is first and foremost about what God gets to do for all eternity. It is first and foremost about what God gets to do for all of eternity. In other words, we learn from Ephesians 2, verses 6 and 7, that God wants to live out and show off His grace forever, for all of eternity. How is He doing that? Oh, by creating a creation, by having mercy on them, and then by elevating them, not only saving them, not only giving a relationship with them, but discipling them, maturing them, disciplining them, that they might rule and reign over the universe with Him. What a God, what a game plan that he has and has been having for all of eternity past. So another way of saying this, if you haven't figured it out by now, men and women, it's this. This is not about you. This earth, this life, it's not about you. Never has been, never will be. This is about what God gets to do. And what God gets to do is to live out and show off His grace forever by getting a bride. God is looking for a bride for His Son, but not any bride. God is looking for a mature bride for His Son. As a result, your goal is to mature as a believer. Your goal is to build up your resume, different ways of saying it. What I'm trying to say in other ways is that your salvation is merely a stepping stone to something far greater, far bigger, and that's ruling and reigning with our God forever. Men and women, praying a prayer does not get you to the top. Praying a prayer will start you off at the bottom, but then he says, I want to see your faithfulness. I want to move you to middle management, to upper management. And finally, hey, I want you to be with me a partner over what we're doing. I want you to sit with me on my throne and rule and reign. So he's looking for lion chasers. Why? Because we're going to be ruling and reigning over the universe with him. So this ruling and reigning, what is the formula for ruling and reigning with him? Great question. What are those four words? Now I want you to be sure. Oh, please, I want you to be sure that you realize as you're thinking about this, you're not saying, ah, oh, come on now. I prayed the prayer and I go to church every Sunday. That's enough. I prayed the prayer. I go to church every Sunday. The rest of the week is mine. That's all God's looking for. I'm not going to do some radical obedience because that's probably what you're talking about, some kind of radical obedience. I got to go over and be a missionary or something. And uh, I'm not going to do that. Why, they think. Why? The average Christian thinks this way. Why is that? Here's all I want to challenge you. Why they think that. Here it is. They think, well, Jesus is already preparing a mansion for me. He's already preparing a mansion for me. And so why do I have to do this radical obedience? obedience. And they believe this because of John chapter 14 verses 1 and 2. It's right there they say, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. 
See right there, there are many mansions. I've got a mansion waiting for me. In fact, it looks like a resort. I'm gonna have a pool, bunch of chairs for all my friends, lots of extra bedrooms for people, huge kitchen, you know, I, it's just gonna be fantastic. And so radical obedience, you know, what, that might make my kitchen a little bit bigger? It's already a mansion. I don't need to worry about making my mansion a little bit bigger. I'm going to be happy with what I have. And so when I think through how much it costs, I'm just like, you know what? The price that is paid is way too much for this radical obedience, so I'm just not going to go there. I've already got a mansion. I'm good. Thank you very much. Men and women, I'm here to challenge that. I'm here to challenge that thinking. I'm here to challenge that simply because you pray to prayer, you're going to get a mansion. Now, I've taught this before, and I know people get confused when they hear this. At first, once they understand it, it's completely clear. But at first, they're a bit confused. Why? Because there seems to be conflicting scripture. There seems to be scriptures that conflict with each other that would talk against this. Let me tell you about it. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 20, we're told these words. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. That's a command. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Okay. I'm supposed to store up for myself treasures in heaven. Okay, got it. Sounds a little self-centered, but I got it. But then in Luke, we read these words. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Take up the cross daily and follow me. Men and women, when you picked up your cross back in the times of Jesus, it just meant one thing. You're going to die. You're going to die. That's all there was to it. It was for criminals and they died on the cross. They weren't disciplined on the cross. They died on the cross. So here on the one hand, you've got, hey, you're supposed to store it for yourselves, which sounds a little self-centered. And then he says, pick up your cross, die to yourself. And so you're sitting there wondering, you know, which one is this? Are we supposed to store up for ourselves treasures or are we supposed to die to ourselves? Well, we're going to answer that question because they do seem contradictory, but they're not at all. We'll find our answer in understanding how Satan tempted Jesus and Eve. Now, there were three key areas of temptation that Satan gave to both Jesus and to Eve. Number one was in the area of power. Number two was in the area of possessions. And number three was in the area of pleasure. Power, possessions, and pleasure. I got this teaching from Randy Alcorn. I cannot wait to meet him, whether it's here on earth or in heaven, and thank him because it is so powerful. Let's begin with Jesus. Matthew chapter 4, verse 3. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Tell the stones to become bread. Why? He had been fasting for 40 days. Jesus was hungry. So he's saying, satisfy your earthly, fleshly nature. So he's talking here about pleasure. He's tempting him in the area of pleasure. But then he goes on. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. 
he will command his angels. Command the angels, that means you're in a position of leadership. Oh, that's talking about power, and that's exactly what he tempted him in, in the area of power. Show off your power. Command the angels. It goes on. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and he said, I'll give these to you. Now Satan was put in charge of the things on this earth, so Satan wasn't lying. He was in charge and is in charge of the kingdoms of this earth. And he said to Jesus, if you would worship me, I'll give them to you. What's that temptation? Well, the third area, of course, possessions. Possessions. He was tempted in the three areas, power, possessions, and pleasure. Now let's switch over to Eve. Let's switch to Eve and see what he tempted her in. We find it in Genesis chapter 3. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, good for food, what does that mean? Hmm, that looks pretty delicious. I'd like to eat that, satisfying her physical body. Oh, that was tempting her in the area of pleasure. It then goes on. Pleasing to the eye. Pleasing to the eye? Yeah, I like the tree. I like the apple. I'd like to have the whole thing. Oh, that's tempting her in the area of possessions. And finally, and also desirable for gaining wisdom. Gaining wisdom? Yeah, if you have wisdom, you're going to have power. Oh, yes, you'll have tons of power. He was tempting her in the area of power. So he tempted Eve in the same three areas, power, possessions, and pleasure. Now, this is the key question. It's a question that Randy Alcorn brought up, and once I read it, it blew me away. Here's the question. Did Satan tempt their human nature or their sinful nature? Let me repeat that. Did Satan tempt their human nature or did he tempt their sinful nature? Think through that one for a second. Their human nature or their sinful nature? Well, finally, if you really thought through it deeply, you'd realize, oh, you know what? It had to be their human nature because at this point in time, they never had a sinful nature. In fact, Jesus never had a sinful nature. He never sinned. So he must have tempted their human nature. And you're absolutely right. Satan tempted their human nature. Now, we can learn something very astonishing. We can learn something very astonishing. What is it? Here it is. God put inside our human nature a desire to want power, to want possessions, and to want pleasure. Let me repeat that. God put inside our human nature, not our sinful nature, our human nature, to want power, to want possessions, and to want pleasure. Men and women, God wants you to have power. He designed you to want to have power. God wants you to have possessions. He wants you to have possessions, and he wants you to have pleasure for your physical body. He wants you to have pleasure. God wants you to have power. He wants you to have possessions. He wants you to have pleasure. Seriously? Yes. Seriously. Well, then I'm confused. I'm confused. 
because uh, he says we're supposed to die to ourselves and yet you're saying he wants us to have all those things? I mean, which way is it? How do we resolve this issue, men and women? Is it this way? Is it that way? Is it another way? There's a very easy way to resolve it. And that is by studying the responses and the results to the temptation. By studying the responses and the results to the temptation. Let's start with Jesus. Jesus said no three times by quoting scripture. Let's switch to Eve. Eve said yes. Jesus said no. Eve said yes. Well, okay, what about the results? What resulted from what they did? Genesis chapter 3, verse 23, we read these words. So the Lord God banished him and also them from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. Eve and Adam ate the fruit. What was the result? Sin, which brought about broken fellowship, which brought about banishment. They were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. What about Jesus? What happened to Jesus when he said no three times? In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, we read these words. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Philippians also says these words. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Christ is not only sitting at the right hand of the Almighty, our Heavenly Father, but God gave him the name that is above every name that every knee shall bow to. Jesus rules and reigns forever. So, what do we learn from this? There's a huge, significant lesson in looking at these. And once Randy said it, it changed my whole perspective. And the answer gives us the formula for gaining power, possessions, and pleasure. And that's what this whole talk is about, the formula for ruling and for reigning. Same thing. And it's found in four words. Just four words. Are you ready? I hope you're on the edge of your seat. If you're in a small group, I hope you're all on the edge of your seat because this is so powerful. Oh, you're not on the edge of your seat. I, I hope you're excited. <laughs> Here it goes. You ready? Four words. Deny now. Gain later. Let me repeat that. Deny now, gain later. In other words, God said, hey, I put you on this earth and I'm giving you a choice. All right, here's the choice. Number one, you can attain power, possessions, and pleasure here on this earth for what? Maybe 80 to 90 years. But then for all of eternity, you could have power, possessions, and pleasure that will last forever. Forever. So he's saying, I've given you a choice. It's your choice. Do you want your power, possessions, and pleasures here on this earth? Or do you want them forever in eternity future? It's your choice. It's your choice. I'm giving you a choice. What do you want? If we're going to deny it now, what does that look like? What does it look like to deny power? Denying power says, 
Lord, I know I could do things in my own power, in my own strength, but I'm going to say no, and I'm going to get down on my knees, and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to say, I'm dependent upon you to make this happen. I'm dependent upon you to bring about the results. Oh, God, I need you in the area of prayer. I need you to make things happen. Denying power says, I'm going to be 100% dependent upon God. I'm going to get on my knees and pray. But it goes even further than that. Hey, listen, if you're a leader, God says, if you're a leader and you're to deny the power, he says, this is what I want from you. I want you to be a servant leader. I want you to lead by serving those you lead. And listen, if you're a husband, I want you to be a servant husband. I want you to serve your wife in all the ways that you can do in the house and in every area of life. I want you to be a servant to her. And you know what? If you're a father, I want you to serve your kids. I want you to serve your kids and be a servant father. I want you to deny power. Okay. Well, how do we deny possessions? Well, that's simple. Let's be writing checks and giving things away to charities and donations and to help other people. You know, it might start out, all you can do is 3%, and that's fine. But over time, as you make more money, you want to say, wow, I can increase that now to, to 10%. And from 10%, maybe you're going to go on to 20%. And all of a sudden, you're giving away 20% of your money, 20% of your income. You're not keeping up with the Joneses, as the average person does here in the United States. No, you're saying, I'm living at the same lifestyle I started at. I'm just giving more and more money away. And eventually, you can be giving away 50% of your income. And in order to do that, you got to keep yourself in check. Got to keep yourself in check in light of what you're looking at for with your eyes, lust of the eyes. And instead of saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to get that a real expensive sports car. God says, you know, why don't you just get a little cheaper version here? Why don't you just pick up a Volkswagen? It's going to do the same thing. It's going to get you to the same place. You could save a lot of money and you could give that away. Deny possessions. Power, possessions, pleasure. How do you deny pleasure? Well, many times it's in the area of fasting. Fasting. Maybe it's fasting food, burgers and fries, or the pancakes, or desserts, or whatever it may be. Fasting food. It might be just for one meal a day. It might be two meals a day. It might be a whole day of no eating. For some, it's a two days of no eating. Some, it's a week of eating. Some, they do a 40-day fast of no food. But some others, it might be not just in the area of food. It might be some men need to fast golf. Golf? Yeah. They have no problem spending four hours, five hours on a Saturday morning on the golf course, but they struggle to find a half hour to have a quiet time with God. They get more joy out of golf than they get spending with God. Maybe some men need to fast golf. Maybe some women need to fast shopping. And they can also, like the men, spend hours and hours shopping, but meeting with God? No, 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 no. I, I, I'm not too good at that, but I'm really good at shopping. John Piper says it this way, fast whatever satisfies you more than God. Fast whatever satisfies you more than God. What satisfies you more than God? Fast that. Maybe it's social media. 
Maybe it's your cell phone. Whatever it may be, whatever satisfies you more than God, maybe that's what you need to fast. So, deny now, gain later. Power, possessions, pleasure. Denying power, God, I'm dependent upon you in the area of prayer. Denying possessions, I'm going to be giving things away as much as I can. Deny pleasure, I'm going to be fasting. Oh, wait. <laughs> prayer, giving, and fasting, those are the three basic tenets of the Christian life. If you do those things, you're building your resume. You're maturing. You're working toward the goal of being a part of the bride of Christ. Now, be very careful. The opposite is true. What is the opposite of deny now, gain later? What's the opposite? Because it's very true. Here's the opposite. Gain now. Deny later. Gain now. Deny later. Gain all the power, possessions, and pleasures you can here on this earth. Enjoy it for 80 to 90 years. But lose forever the right to rule and reign with Christ. Men and women, you don't want that. I don't want that for you. I don't want it for myself. I don't want it for anybody. You want to gain whatever you have for all of eternity. For all of eternity. But wait a second. 1 John 2.16 says these words. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. Isn't that all that I'm saying? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life? Aren't you saying that that's wrong to want that for all of eternity future? Doesn't John say that? No, that's not what John is saying. He's saying to want power and possessions and pleasure here on this earth is from the world. But to want it for all of eternity future, that's from God. That is from God. Why? He put it in your human nature to want power, possessions, and pleasure. It's there in your human nature. He wants you to have it. But he says, here's the formula for getting it. Deny now, gain later. Deny now, gain later. That's what he wants for you. That's what he wants for me. Men and women, in a simple way, he's saying, live for eternity. Live with an eternal mindset. Live with an eternal perspective. Men and women, I pray that prayer for myself and for others on a consistent basis. Live with an eternal perspective. Do not live for these 70, 80, 90 years that we have here. Remember, 99.99999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
Why have we missed this? Why has the church to a large degree missed this idea? And I'm going to give you an answer that I hope will not only satisfy you, but change you. Welcome again to Maturing the Bride.